All right, I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Right. Oh, sorry. I just took a... <laughs> I just took a bite. What are you eating? I don't know. It's like a pastry with spinach and cheese in it. Okay. All right. Well, I got five of these things, so buckle up. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I'm gonna stop. All right. I'm gonna stop. Uh, are you right. you good? We good to start? <laughs> would you Would you like to start, CJ? Do you want to throw another one in before <laughs> before the intro music gets going? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm good. All right. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna open this I'm gonna open this guy too. You ready for Go it? Go hard. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about big movies that you can watch alone at home from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness and also from the comfort of your couch. My name... <clears throat> oh, man. Oof. <laughs> let's, try, let's try that again. My name is Jordan. <laughs> and I am CJ. Jordan here is our very hungry and studying credentialed critic. <laughs> I was doing so well. <laughs> you were. I was impressed. <laughs> and then I gagged on myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, here we are. Here <laughs> Today we are. we're talking about The Two Popes, which is a Netflix original film released last year and nominated for three Oscars, including both Best Actor Awards and Best Screenplay. We're going to talk about it because we are focusing on streamable movies uh, streaming exclusive movies. Although this movie did come out in theaters, um, it, I actually didn't see it in the theater. I saw I saw it on Netflix, and um, it was a Netflix production, so it feels appropriate uh, to to cover for um, you know uh, d- during this time of quarantine while the theaters are st- have yet to open. Indeed, uh, it seemed like the right movie. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's it is a streaming exclusive, uh, and uh, this is a net considered a Netflix original. Which there's some Netflix originals, and then there's some Amazon originals that uh, that are indeed released in theaters, but uh, are still considered originals from those streaming services. And those are what we are focusing on in our main episodes and our Friday released episodes. And the two popes takes the cake this time. I watched this today. Um, I took okay. a, me- I took a, uh, mental health day from work, uh, with everything oh, good for you. that is going on, uh, in this crazy, crazy world that we live in. And so I took a second and I decided to watch this movie while, uh, while I was taking that time off and I don't regret it at all. I very much enjoyed this movie and I'm excited to talk about it. That's great. So you had not seen it before. I had not. No, I had, we had, uh, you and I went to a Q and a, a live Q and a with all of the writers that were nominated, uh, for an Oscar, uh, for, and, uh, the writer of, uh, this movie was there. Uh, and that is everything that he had to say about it was everything that I knew about this movie before watching it. That is the, the totality of your exposure to, before today, which is very little. Yeah. No, yeah, it, yes. was, it, was, it certainly wasn't a lot. Um, I remember that Q&A because I was there with you, CJ. And uh, and I also remember thinking, well, shoot, I need to go see this movie now. <laughs> yeah, me and, too. Um, and, then I did, and then I did go see it, actually, pretty shortly after that Q&A. So, you know, in that sense, I am better than you. Uh, you know, but only in that sense. Um... <laughs> you are always better than me. <laughs> That's... 
I I don't know how to take that, CJ. I, I feel like you might you might be being facetious, which is fair. I'm either because so was I. I'm either <laughs> uh, I'm either being overly kind and and self critical, or I'm being very rude. It's one of those two. How about both? Okay, I'll take it. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the uh, above the line. Uh, who made this? Who was in it? All of that. That seems to be your expertise, so go for it. No, oh, I'm just very good at IMDb. In <laughs> other words, I'm good at Google, and IMDb <laughs> is good at appearing in Google searches. Um, so the director of this movie is Fernando. Um, so the way, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I do know how to pronounce, pronounce his name. I'm not sure how to pronounce it without the accent. Well, not that I have a, an accent, but anyway... It's Meredes, um, or maybe Morelli's, if you're, you know, a me. dumb American, yeah. or me. Yeah, me on most days. Um, anyway, he's a uh, famous uh, uh, Brazilian director, he, known for City of God and The Constant Gardener. He's very, very good. Uh, and if I've, I have I have not seen The Constant Gardener, although it has been on my list for a long time. Um, I did, however, see The City of God a while ago, and it is it is an astonishing movie. Um, that I I you know it's one of those movies that you 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 can't believe it while you're seeing it. You're like this is there is an energy and a power in this movie that I <laughs> almost maybe never seen. And then when it's over, you're like how 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 did a movie like that exist in this this world without me knowing about it? Mm. It seems like <laughs> it seems like one of those movies that just that should just naturally cause a splash in humanity. Um, it's really incredible. Anyway, he's he's got a really powerful, um, very fresh, very incredible style. Um, anyway, and so so this is the guy who directed The Two Popes. And then the writer, Anthony McCartan, um, is known for Bohemian Rhapsody, Darkest Hour, and Theory of Everything. So he's a very famous, very uh, successful British um, uh, writer. And uh, and yeah, I mean, you're if you've seen any of those movies, any of those movies, you've talked about Theory of Everything. Um, yeah. I've seen Bohemian Rhapsody and Darkest Hour, as I believe you have as well. Indeed. And yeah. Uh, they are, yeah. They, he's a phenomenal writer. Um, it's it's a really it's so it's a really really great combination. And then and then you have your two leads being who who CJ who are our two leads? Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price, who I feel like need very very little uh, explanation around because they are both they've been around a long time. They're very incredible. They've been nominated for multiple Oscars and again. Highlight the incredible statement. They are um, very well known. I mean, Anthony Hopkins probably more so than Jonathan Price, but still. I mean, Jonathan Price is probably not quite as internationally famous as Anthony Hopkins, um, but still, I mean, the man has a history that is. Uh, I mean, if the competition is Anthony Hopkins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we're he's 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 remark. He's a remarkable actor. Let's talk. Let's let's give a just a brief spoiler-free uh, review of this movie, um, just in case our listeners have not seen it yet, which seems somewhat likely. Yeah, um, you know, it wasn't a blockbuster, so how can we convince them to go see it? Uh, when you say that, uh, so like some of the the facts about this movie is that it is a movie about two really old dudes that are leaders of the Catholic church and uh, they are, it's, it's basically a conversation about how to lead and leadership and uh, is a giant philosophical conversation uh, where they fundamentally disagree and uh, they are trying to um, understand each other. 
that sounds so boring. Uh, <laughs> it's not even funny. And I went into this actually expecting it to be very slow uh, and very, you know, very usually what the Academy likes, you know, kind of a Roma kind of real slow kind of uh, movie. But it was surprisingly uh, well paced. It was uh, it was really entertaining. There was a lot of the, uh, of tricks that they used with. Uh, with like memories and flashbacks and camera work and sound that kept you captivated the entire time. Uh, so yes, it is a historical movie about the leaders of a Catholic church and they're both really old, but there is more, there's so much depth and so much meat to this movie that you will be entertained. And I highly recommend that anybody, and I mean, anybody go watch this movie. Agreed. That's a, I think that's a great summary, ZJ. I also like that you called this a historical movie when I think the only thing that is historical about it is that it ha- features two old men. Um, it is actually set in the present day for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about very recent events. It goes all the way um, back. Well, they, I mean, it goes back to like, there's flashbacks that go to Yeah, you sure, know, there are flashbacks of their younger days. Yes, absolutely. You mentioned uh, the writing, the acting. I mean, really, this is this is a tour de force on almost every front. Like, I can't think of a department that this that this film sort of fe- um, leans on that isn't just exceptional. Um, so, I mean, we have a couple of the best performances I've ever seen from Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins, both um, with just immaculate dialogue, like incredible, incredible dialogue. I mean, it, it just it it doesn't feel and it's not sort of it's not Sorkin-y either, right? It's it feels naturalist, but but so, it, it, you know, you you imagine that if you were in the room with these two men, um, this has to be at least kind of what it would be like. These guys spent have spent their lives in the upper echelons of leadership of the one of the biggest religions in the world, the biggest one of the biggest and one of the oldest religions in the world. That like you, these guys are have to be incredibly incredibly smart and incredibly dynamic because there's no way that you get to be in their position so to to be able to 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 kind of be a fly on the wall it feels like for for all of these scenes to be able to see how these men interact um and and to watch two masters like anthony hopkins and jonathan price inhabit these these types of characters is it's just an incredibly gratifying experience i i i really loved this movie and um and it was i was embarrassed when i'd finished watching that it'd taken me so long to see it because it was just incredible um so uh that's there you go go see it if you haven't yet um all right let's spoil it uh let's spoil it okay what do you how how do you want to first how do you want to start off spoiling it um i want to so th- there's there's some kind of high level uh like nerd out things that that sh- like the acting and the writing I want to talk about a little bit more. Um and then maybe I'm guessing it'll probably be more in the critical conversation that we start to talk about some of the themes that uh are getting across cuz this is I mean the, the it's it's so uh intertwined with organized like the whole sh- movie is about organized religion that obviously yeah. it's going to bring up some real real interesting like philosophical co- conversations about humanity and all of that. So uh and that's that the reason I'm bringing it up now is because that's probably the most nerd out I would want to be is the is the subject matter and how they decided to tackle it. 
Um, but seeing how we will get there, I would love to start with uh, the acting of the acting of both of them, but specifically Jonathan Price, man. Yeah, I. Yeah. Holy cow. And um, whoever they casted for the younger version of him was also great. But like physically, too, it really it it was very convincing. Um, yeah. But Jonathan Price through all of this, like this guy that was that is a uh, religious leader dealing with like his own shame and guilt and uh, and trying to come to to understand his own relationship with God while trying to help others maintain their relationship with God. Like the complexity of the character and how well he played it was phenomenal. Such deep inner conflict that you were able to see through the, I mean, talking about how to use flashbacks, this movie is how you use flashbacks. Yeah, yeah for real. Um, because there are two narratives going on. Um, there's the narrative of uh, um, Jonathan Price's character, uh, Pope Francis slash Cardinal uh, George Bergoglio, um, or uh, Bergo- Bergoglio. Oh, man, I, you know, I should have looked that up too, but I forgot. Anyway, uh, Pope Francis, we'll just call him, um, who isn't Pope yet until close to the end of the movie. Um, and throughout the movie, we see the sort of the arc of how he, um, in, in I was like, quote unquote, present day, is on track to becoming the next Pope um, in this very bizarre circumstance. And, uh, and then also his younger self dealing with um, essentially uh, conflict within the church and within the, the, the members of the church, of his church, um, at the time of World War II and the difficulty that they had in um, dealing with the, the the political unrest at the time, like how the church interacted with the politics um, of the people around them. And it was it was a it was an arresting sort of um, narrative because you can see this man struggle with his own weaknesses and his own, as you said, his own shame at how he handled things and how he wished he would have done better. But it's like hard to see. It's hard to see. I mean, those are sort of impossible choices that he was presented with in his past, and and they led to real harm and real pain um, and suffering. And so the way that that all, uh, uh, you know, that the way that that all unfolds in the past is its own narrative, and you have no idea how that's going to go. You don't know how it's going to conclude. So every scene has that sort of that that narrative tension and that weight of of wondering how how things are going to go for this man and for the people that he's trying to work with and serve. And it concludes in a certain way that then um, casts a really uh, important light on his present day self contending with the idea of being Pope um, and feeling, frankly, unworthy. Um, and that's it's it's such a it's such a powerful uh, set of images and a, such a powerful way of constructing the story um, to highlight those very very complicated very human and and somewhat universal uh, f- situations. You know we we all deal with feeling like we're not quite prepared for the responsibilities that life is inviting us to to uh, hold and um, and so you know seeing this sort of larger than life story helps us to kind of like look inside and see what, what, how do I approach life? You know, is there something I can learn from this man um, in his story that will help me with my own story? And I mean, which is the, that's the best way. That's the best thing any movie can do for us is, is, you know, invite us to learn something about ourselves by watching other characters, you know, go through, you know, extreme circumstances. 
Anyway, so I, I loved I loved the way flashbacks were used in this movie. I loved I mean stylistically, um, as you mentioned, it was it was just awesome. I don't know if you said this yet, but the the black and white of the past um, until you know. Uh, anyway, I don't know if you wanted to speak more to that, but um, yeah, just really really great stuff. Yeah, like I, the the flashbacks. It was um, the. Uh, so there, the language in the Bible, kind of the imagery, uh, in the Bible, I have, I have found can be, uh, incredibly straightforward, right? Somebody that's lost mentally or spiritually is literally in a field full of fog wandering around, right? It's really straightforward and it's really easy to understand. Um, but, but it's very, it feels very biblical, uh, and they kind of capture that as they're telling this story of this, uh, soon to be Pope, uh, the language, the visual language that they use, I think was purposely kind of biblical in the, it was in black and white. Then when he felt that he was called of God and that he was enlightened, everything then turns into color. Uh, and then as he is, uh, trying to deal with his own shame and his, and he gives kind of the sermon of, uh, to the small group of people that like, he's also human and that he doesn't have a direct line to God and he doesn't know how to handle it. It's, it's going back and forth with, the younger version of him wandering around in a field of mist. Right. So they like, they illustrated to us what that character was going through, um, in a way that felt very biblical, which makes sense given the subject matter. I just thought it was very somewhat simple, but surprisingly, uh, complex language because visual language, because, um, it was the Pope and it was the way that he feels. And it was the way that he thinks through things, uh, and as influenced by, uh, kind of the old language, if you will. Yeah, no, I love that. That that's real. That's really great. Um, I, I love the, uh, just a couple of, I mean, we're technically supposed to be nerding out a little bit and I loved, <laughs> I loved, um, watching the Pope do things like try to order a pizza uh, <laughs> and, and, and be trying to tell somebody on the other line, on the other end that, that he's Pope Francis. <laughs> he's like, says his name and, and, and he says where he is and they laugh at him and hang up because they think he's prank calling him. Yeah. It's just like, how do you, how do you get around that? <laughs> it's just really great. It's yeah. really great. And there's lots of little, little moments of humor like that throughout, which are just lovely. Yeah. I mean, um, the whole end credit scene. Yeah, was exactly. Just, was just kind of it, yeah. It was just so very. Let's take these. Let's take these literal two popes and bring them down to our level. And it was really charming. And it was really fun. Yeah. Um. And I am not somebody who knew how things went down with the with this story. Um. In actual historicity. Uh. Insofar as however many years ago it was, ten years ago is is history. Anyway. But um, it was so interesting to me, the central conflict of the movie being this, um, you know, Pope Francis being essentially asked by Pope Benedict um, to uh, replace him while like while Pope Benedict Benedict was still alive and Pope Francis being, you know, or George being very, very resistant to it. Um, And uh I don't know. That story was so fascinating, so exciting to me. I, I, I just had, I had no idea. Um, it was such a great like inside baseball. <laughs> yeah, totally. Not to be crass, but like that, that kind of like being able to see how 
the inner workings of the of the top leadership of the Catholic Church. Like it, it was so fascinating to me. Um, I I have to uh, I, I want to call out a scene in particular. I loved the scene in which um, uh, Pope Benedict was playing the piano <laughs> for Pope Francis. Um, that he's you know the the first moment that we see the the kind of the guard come down and we get to see something something like love right in in the way that he interacts with the piano um that in that one moment it just completely strips away a, a lot of our preconceived notions and a lot of um the the Jonathan Price character a lot of Pope Francis's preconceived notions about who this person is and and what drives him and what motivates him it's it was so lovely and also just watching anthony hopkins play the piano <laughs> yeah yeah i, I just, kept a really close eye really to see if it was actually it. him and it totally yeah. was it totally was oh yeah oh yeah. yeah and i mean who would be surprised to learn yeah <laughs> that anthony hopkins is like could could have been a concert pianist as well <laughs> yeah yeah for real i yeah the the whole kind of central conflict in the uh, of you know at the plot as it moved forward of trying to understand these two men and and what pope benedict was trying to do and trying to understand uh was fascinating and 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 just and how the flashbacks uh recontextualized the that central conflict almost every flashback gave you another piece of the puzzle that helped you understand who Pope Francis was and why he was reacting the way that he was reacting. One of the, the, the scene that sticks out to me um, was when they're walking through the garden and it was like, it was really their first interaction and their first, like it was the first time that we, uh, that the, the two characters were uh, basically planting their, uh, flags in the theology as a character. Like, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. And um, it's, it's not only like a, a universal thing, right? Like um, I am a part of a significant organized religion. And it does seem that there to be kind of two, two mindsets, mainly of a very traditional conservative and then kind of the you know, more uh, forward thinking, open-minded kind of situation is the way that at least I view it. And so it was really interesting to see kind of how those two uh, different sides of the same coin uh, communicated so that they could come in to understand each other. And there's a, there's a a line uh, that Pope Francis says um, that is uh, uh, he's, he's actually talking about um, how some of the priests had preyed on children and, and how the Catholic church decided to handle that. Um, and he says that uh, sin is a wound, not a stain. And when, and confession helps the sinner, but not the victim. And I was mm. like, I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And then, and it was powerful on its own, but then as the movie goes on, you find out that uh, Pope Francis had this whole experience where he felt like he did something wrong. And by by doing that wrong thing or sinning, uh, multiple people were captured and tortured for a very long time. And we find out that one of them, one of those people uh, forgave him and the other one didn't. Uh, and, he, and that person even died uh, having not forgiven Pope Francis. And so knowing that happened and that Pope Francis kind of beats himself up about that, that, and you, you apply his theology that you learned about earlier in the movie and you apply it to him. Then it is, you know, sinning is a wound that takes time to heal. Not a, not a stain that you can wash away. And he 
confessed, but as the sinner, he knows that the victims of his actions are not complete yet. And he beats himself up about that. And so, of course, if the church supports or does anything that will then highlight this issue of victims not being helped, it's going to feel personal to him. And so you, you then understand even better why he takes the stance that he takes and why he's so passionate about it. And it just, it's such a, uh, it's such a clear depiction of a real person that it makes the story so effective. Uh, Again, writing is just incredible in this movie. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I think one of the things that astonishes me the most um, about this film is how it perfectly captures the best in, in many, in many senses, the best of what conservative, like a conservative posture can be and the best of what a liberal posture can be. Totally. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, it, it is, it is the sort of age old conflict of conservative versus uh, versus liberal or ver- conservative versus progressive. Um, and, you know, people tend to align themselves uh, one direction or the other. And the more that you align yourself with one direction, the more that you think that the other direction is just plain wrong. Right. Which is so interesting because in this movie, that's where we start. We start as, and you know, our, our, um, it was so, it was so smart um, for Anthony McCartan to choose to put the the onus of the story on um, Jonathan Price's character because he was the one. He, of course, he was going to be the one that we could, that we could more closely relate to. But then he goes farther and he lets Jonathan Price's character be the one that we see all the backstory for. So we not only see um, we not only see him him as the main character and we not only relate to him. Um, because probably most of the movie-going audience is going to be a little bit farther toward the liberal or progressive side than Pope Benedict is, right? Anthony Hopkins' character. Um, and so we'll naturally want to align with that character, but then also he's the protagonist, and then also we get to see his entire backstory, or or the, you know, a, a big, a big important story from his past. And, um, you know, the easier or more obvious choice would have been to show us the backstory of Pope Benedict, because this is the person that we're going to have the hardest time relating to or understanding because he seems to be, he seems to be the villain, right? At the beginning, you think this is a guy who is, you know, he's the care. He's this, we're going to, it's going to be easy to assume that he's this caricature of conservative political kind of, you know, uh, close minded power, right? That's, that's, that's the and, and that's you know that that's how Pope I mean, but Pope Francis is thinking that's who he's having to deal with, um, and he's hoping it isn't true. And he's and I mean it's a testament to to the strength of his character that he's open minded enough open minded enough to search and see and find out who this person really is. But like that's absolutely the perspective that you go into it with, and so to to have that be uh, the assumption that we're making. Um, from the from the outset and then not give us any backstory or flashback for Pope Benedict means that everything all of the complexity and sophistication of his character has to come out in dialogue in third person perspective right we don't get to see anything we don't get to see behind the curtain uh, so to speak with Pope Benedict we just get to see what he does in the presence of of um, the Jonathan Price character. We just get to see um, what he says. 
and and what he claims. And and yet, by the end of the movie, you have a very good and vivid picture of who this person is, not least because of his unthinkable decision to to step aside and 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 really, I mean, not not just invite, but like campaign heavily to get um Pope to get Jonathan Price, the Jonathan Price character to become the next pope. Um which is which is an amazing, shocking, incredible thing. And what what it looks like then from from a macro level is we're seeing the best of progressivism and the best of conservatism come together and have a conversation about what's needed. And and in in, in that conversation both of them become a little bit more they they get a better perspective of the other side and 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 they are able to absorb some of the benefit of that perspective. So the Jonathan Price character is able to seize some of the value of what Pope Benedict is trying to maintain as the sort of conservative leader and then of course Pope Benedict is able to see what it is that this scary this frightening individual this 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 embodiment of of to a conservative mind dangerous progress progressivism that he is planning on handing the keys to the kingdom to this guy you know i mean it's a really amazing amazing dynamic and to be able to see that the way that the way that they are able to influence each other in a in a in a you know it, it's because they're they are diamet they are diametrically opposed and yet by the end they are not only friends but they are supporters they are they are working together in a sense for the for the betterment of the cause that they both care about it, it's it's this lovely ideal and watching this movie you can inhabit one or both of those characters if you go into this movie as a very very progress or very very conservative person you'll be able to get a very good perspective on what more liberal ideologies are and what that what those arguments are but if you are but anyway so so you'll it's it's gonna it's gonna be a great conversation it's gonna be a great metaphor a great allegory even though it really happened but you know it's a movie um for for anybody to try to understand the what the dynamic between progressivism and conservatism is supposed to be yeah i'm glad i'm glad that you brought this up um and and i was I was hesitant uh, to bring it up in in the context of of everything that's going on uh, right now, but um, I I feel like I should because it was I was watching this movie through the lens of everything that's going on. Um, in I'm, I live in Los Angeles, and just like forty other country or forty other cities across America, there are protests going on um, about the death of George Floyd and others uh by the hands of police right and so there's this there's this really really significant division going on and and um the reason i took a a mental health day from work is because everywhere that i look right now on social media online anywhere um i can just see the extremes of both sides and how they seem to be opposing each other so greatly and it seems like genuine hatred and and anger and and uh it can be really scary and we don't like i don't know what to do a lot of the times uh, and as I watched this movie, uh, what I was presented with were these two men, uh, very well-respected men, uh, meeting together with uh, significantly different ways of looking at uh, 
looking at the responsibilities that they have within the organization of the Catholic Church. And it is conservative and progressive, right? It is looking forward or sticking with the roots. And um, I, as I w- watched this, uh, I learned one major life lesson uh, that I would like to reflect, which is it, the fact that we only saw backstory for the Jonathan Price character. And it did seem that the Anthony Hopkins character was the villain, right? From the very beginning, we hear some of the other Cardinals say the reason he won't be a good leader is because he wants it so bad. So we're like, okay, yeah, he wants it. He won't be a good leader. I agree. Um, And we don't really see him serving anybody, but we do see the Jonathan Price character serving people. So we're automatically there. But the fact that this, that, uh, that Anthony Hopkins character, uh, Pope Benedict, um, he, what he does is he's like, I, I think that you might be the right person. What I am going to do is I'm going to listen to you. I am going to get to know you and I'm going to understand why you view the world the way that you do. And when he does that and when he genuinely understands what Pope Francis had gone through, he knew. He knew and he felt comfortable and he understood and they became genuine friends. So the thing, the life lesson that I took from this was uh, really one of the only ways that we can actually see a different perspective or see the, a, an opposing perspective in a different way is if we just shut up and listen to that perspective to just yeah. uh, to like try and understand because the villain of of the this movie um shouldn't like if he was the actual straight up 100% the villain he wouldn't have stopped to to try and understand he wouldn't have asked questions he would because that's what villains do they don't try and understand and so yeah. I I took that from this movie and I was like and uh, trying to apply it to my my world today is just trying if there are people that have opposing ideals to me just stopping and trying to understand just just get a glimpse of their perspective get a just hear their story their personal story and maybe you can understand and if you do real friendships and real progression can uh, begin. At least that's the hope. So, yeah. um, I just, I, it's one of the reasons that I love movies. Um, and I'm glad that this was such a good movie and that it had the ending that it did, uh, was its ability to, uh, reflect real life problems and, and propose real life solutions to those problems. Uh, and you know, it could be right. It could be wrong, but I really enjoyed it. I really love that perspective. I love the, the value of listening and how and how to listen. I was reading a thing recently that was talking about the best way to actually listen to someone. And it described this process of listening. If you're, this is, of course, this is in real time dialogue um, or maybe, you know, if you will, Facebook comments, I don't know. Um, I don't typically do that, but some people still do. Anyway, the idea is that you listen to what the person has to say, and then you literally try to summarize what their like their point in a way that satisfies them. So you say, if I if I understand what you're trying to say or what you're saying, you're saying X, Y, and Z. And if you if you and you keep doing that until they say, yes, that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say. And like mm-hmm. and that's the moment that you can that you can both have confidence that you understand what that person is trying to say. And if that goes both directions, that is a conversation that is the way that is the way that you 
that you actually reach new understanding between two people who have different and opposing viewpoints. Um, and I mean, there is precious little of that going on in the world. <laughs> um, I mean, really, almost none. But it is it is something we can do. It is something that is possible. And um, and and it's you know anybody who does it is going to shock the other people who are <laughs> doing it with. And it'll be a very it'll be a really formative experience. Um, anytime you're having a conversation with somebody, if you do that. I mean, immediately the doors are going to open. Can you imagine, you know, if, yeah. can you imagine talking to someone you're disagreeing with and then and then stopping and saying, wait, let me let me see if I can understand your argument. And then they repeat it back to you in a way better than you said it yourself to try to help to try to make sure that they understand what you're saying. How quickly would your defenses go down? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how quickly would you be willing to then to reach across and try to understand their perspective? Yeah, um, it, it's a it's a contagious kind of power. And um and we see that actually, uh, the, the, like like you said, Pope Benedict, amazingly, the quote unquote villain of the movie, he's the one that initiates that. Yeah, absolutely. Because Pope Francis comes in not really prepared to listen. I mean, he's curious, he's whatever, he's but he's his defenses are definitely up. This is a very bizarre experience for him, and um and so Pope Benedict essentially is, like offers the olive branches, saying, "Look, I want to listen to you. I want to hear what you have to say." And then, and then they have a conversation. And then by the end, Pope Benedict makes that spectacularly shocking decision. Um, and anyway, it's just, it, it is a, it is a masterclass on, um, you could say conflict resolution, but I would just say on, on finding common ground, yeah. you know, yeah. on, on finding common shared humanity on making actual progress because the best version of, progressivism and liberalism or uh, I should say progressivism and conservatism is that they is that they they provide tensile strength for each other so that you move forward in a good direction because one side is pulling this direction and the other side is pulling this direction and the vector of their combined strength is hopefully the right one yeah you know yeah and it can be with 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 real with real conversation real listening so i'm really glad you brought that up yeah well i yeah i um it, it's 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 sometimes uh, difficult to know uh, kind of what to say um, in situations that uh, that we're in in our country right now. Uh, but I think pretty much universally, um, no matter which side you're on, I hate to say that there's sides, but no matter what perspective you have, the idea of listening genuinely, genuinely listening. Uh, and not and not just being quiet until they're done talking. I mean, genuinely trying <laughs> yeah. to, to understand them. Uh, I think that that applies across the board, uh, no matter who you are. So I, I, I love this movie for bringing that up, bringing that to my attention. Um, and it was uh, it's extremely impressive that uh, Robert, let's say uh, Anthony, Anthony McCartan was able to. Uh, like have to be able to write both sides is yeah. is so it's astonishing. Aston yeah. I mean, that's amazing. So I just, uh, I, again, I want to uh, tell people to go watch this movie cause it is, it is pretty incredible. It's wonderful. So next week we're talking about another masterclass in communication. Um, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about, <laughs> The Star Trek reboot from 2009, starring Chris Pine, our uh, mutual heartthrob. Yes. Um, 
and uh, and lots of other amazing people. Uh, and I'm just really looking forward to that conversation because it was inspired by an audio request sent in by one of our listeners. It so was. I'm, uh, I'm very, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, and then following that, we are going to be talking about a movie called the vast of night, which is kind of blowing up a little bit on Amazon prime. Um, it's a, it's an Amazon prime original. It's a sci-fi, uh, it's, it's, it's a it's a sort of indie sci-fi movie. Um, I, I want to say it's probably feels maybe a little bit like Stranger Things. I don't know. I actually haven't seen it yet. I'm really looking forward to it because there's a lot of really great, great buzz. People are saying like, hey, if we can't go to the theaters, at least we have movies like this to watch. Um, so I think uh, people should take a look and try to see it before our next conversation. Awesome. Well, you you uh, we had a different movie in mind, and then you texted me and said, hey, I think we should do this movie instead, and then I never responded. Um, <laughs> uh, be, and it was partially because I hadn't even, and still until right now, had not heard of this movie. Uh, and so yeah. uh, the the fact that it's like blowing up, and it's on Amazon, um, I, I'm excited about. Well, also sci-fi we're talking about star trek and then another sci-fi movie we got uh it's gonna be great it's gonna be a good it's gonna time. be so fun yes it is cool so leave a review uh tell your friends about this wonderful podcast that you've been listening to and um please send your own audio requests for movies that you'd like us to cover uh, and uh, with that, I'm going to um, rapidly thank Michael Bonmiller for the amazing outro music that we are listening to right now and tell all of you, request, beg all of you to please remember to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a critic. And cut. <laughs>